Good morning and welcome to HR Tech Weekly, one step closer with Stacy Harris and John Sumpser. And so so Stacy, you flew out to where I live and I flew out to where you live. Exactly. We're I, on we're on I, our... I, I think we should rethink our arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> this seems a little lopsided here, right? <laughs> Considering to me, I'm like, this is this is early in your day, but I'm like, oh, it's mid afternoon. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. My clock is still on West Coast time, but I am sitting here in beautiful Philadelphia, and you are yeah. one more time in beautiful Las Vegas. Has the uh, side of the hotel changed for me? Um, actually, this is the Wynn Hotel, and I did add make some additions, which which because the sad thing is, is that when we come to these events, as you know, but all of our listeners probably get to hear from us from time to time, is we come so often that you get to have a pattern, and you know everywhere. They added an extension to the Wynn Hotel, which was nice. So they probably needed some of the extra room. But I'm like, oh, I'm a little lost as to where I'm going. <laughs> but but no, it's it's been a good event. Um. And, um, you know, it, it, I was wondering if a lot of people would show up to this event with all of the scares. I will just say the flight coming um, from Houston to Las Vegas, because I, you know, always have to do a layover, um, was emptier than I've seen a flight to Vegas be in a long time. But the event was packed. We had over 3,000 people here. So, so it's been a bit of pretty good event considering what's going on in the rest of the world. So. Yeah, yeah, same here. I'm I'm at the Phenom People I am Phenom conference and um uh, the plane was packed coming out here and the conference is packed and I, I don't know if it's a difference between East Coast and West Coast, but everybody's shaking hands and hugging and passing viruses around like nothing's happening here. Um yeah, um, and and there's a, there's there's like a lot of hand sanitizer on display, and and <laughs> it's 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 so weird, right? Because hand sanitizer gets bacteria, and this is a virus, <laughs> and virus are bacteria, and hand sanitizer yeah. isn't effective on viruses, and 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 so it's like, uh, re- remember right after nine eleven, there was all the security theater, um, and you had yeah. to. You had you had to strip naked to get on an airplane, and you could only have this, that, or the other thing. And the, the TSA people were really mean. That's what we're getting now is is virus theater, <laughs> and it's wild. It, it, it is wild. I want to say, I mean, I, I think you know, there's you definitely saw a, a, a sort of hesitation before you went in for the hug, but there were still hugs there. So, so there was sort of that, oh. Oh, did I remember I shouldn't? Or either after you did it, oh, I probably shouldn't have. But yeah, still lots of hugs and handshakes, lots of hand sanitizers here at the LT Connect event. Um, but I think the, the probably the most telling of all um, for for this event is that the, the event is well attended and inside the building is well attended. But when you go outside, it seems a bit quieter and a bit a bit emptier. So I think again, not sure, you know, if you know that's just a um, the fact that it's just got less people in the area, so you just don't see as many. So there, there was that, and definitely hand sanitizer was in high demand. You were correct. People were like bartering for it. I don't know if you remember Ultimate, you know, and because of the fact that Ultimate and Chronos are merging, there is an expectation that you know, so all the Ultimate stuff, right? Like all the the the, the 
branded material that gets given at all these events was sort of, you know, there in highlights, people were trying to give it away in droves. And they always have these little hand sanitizers like things that they put on a little latch key thing that you can carry right. with you. And those were like in high demand. People were like bartering for them here. So <laughs> Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so but it's been a good event. I, I'm I was surprised by how many people weren't talking. I mean, there definitely was the conversation in any of the lines or, or when you when we heard some of the announcements that came out this week about other events that are canceling. But I think people were, were almost excited to just see people. There were there was a feeling of like, oh, it's good to be back on the road again, right? Um, both right. from our colleagues, but even as I was talking to some of the, the um, practitioners, it uh, sounds like a lot of their other uh, travel had been curtailed up to this point. And so they, they said that it's, it's been good to get out and see everyone. So so I think we're going to get a little bit more of that, unfortunately. People sort of um, feeling like they've, they've been sort of unable to get out and see people. Right? Yeah, I, I assume there was lots of food and buffet lines as there was here. That's something, yeah, that's yeah. something you, won't see 90, you won't ever see again 90 days from now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We even right. we even talked about that at, at the buffet line. Yeah, that those are probably the last of the the the, the hotels are gonna have to change the way they're thinking about it, right? Right, right. Forever. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. We're right at the cusp of of a surprise introduction to a brand new world that's gonna be way better off because we've evolved some AI stuff, and way better off because yeah. we have really really, really gotten close with video conferencing now. And so so a change that you could have seen coming 10 years ago just got accelerated, uh, I, think. I think. Yeah, definitely. Well, well, tell me a little bit, John. I mean, we've got a lot to cover. To, I mean, I mean, IM Phenom, the event you're at, Alti Connect, uh, the event I'm at, um, those are two big things we definitely want to talk about today. We also had several events canceled because of the COVID-19. Um, uh, so, uh, we can talk a little bit about, um, you know, the fact that, that, um, two big ones, one that have a lot of global impact, Oracle's modern business event and ADP's meeting of the minds got canceled yesterday. Both of those were meant to happen in the next few weeks. Um, and they, uh, canceled their in-person events and they said they're going to be doing some virtual stuff. We also um, have some updates this week on diversity and inclusion that, uh, report that Mercer had put out on pay equity. Um, there's some great um, things happening in the um, sort of advancement of, of, of people we know in the market. Silk Road Technology announced that they have um, uh, asked Lilith Christensen um, to move up to Senior Vice President and Chief Strategy and Product Officer from her role in the uh, head of onboarding tools over there. Oracle is cutting some jobs, 1,300 roles uh, in the next several weeks, it looks like. Um, we also saw BetterWorks acquire Hyphen, which is two small companies merging um, in the engagement space, and Outmatch announced strategic investment from Rubicon Technology Partners. It's been a busy week, and that's not even counting uh, Tailspin, which is a virtual um, augmentation company nabbing $15 million in funding. So I, I'm not sure what your week's been like. I'm not sure we're going to get to all of these conversations, but um, it, it's not like the the – virus and the um, concerns over people traveling have stopped the business going forward, and it seems like in a lot of these organizations. 
No, but I bet you'll find some some nuance, like the the tailspin funding announcement. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine a better time to have um, a virtual reality experience with a, a a human, a simulated human on the other side of the interaction, so you can do training stuff? I mean, exactly. we're going to be yeah. looking. We're going to be looking for opportunities to reduce interaction intense relationships. We're just going yeah. to be doing that, right? Um, and that puts Tailspin in this very, very interesting position. You remember their? Uh, um, uh, I, I forget. I think I think this was Larry, the guy you get to practice firing. Uh, was their was their product <laughs> was last there, year? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sort of. A, so, sort of an older white guy who's a little entitled to his job and doesn't understand that he's being fired. Um, and so, you get to go through the process of uh, interacting with this uh, virtual reality uh, person um, as you learn to be more delicate in the language that you use. It's very interesting, and so so they're they're going to they're going to become a presence fairly quickly as the result of the virus stuff. Good thing we got money. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And 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 the 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 interesting thing I think about you know not just you know augmented reality or or virtual conference events. A lot of the conferences are closing, saying they're going to be putting something on virtually, but also I think the the other kinds of things that are going to see some real uptick is sort of meeting management in a way that that you can you know handle workloads that requ- don't require as much face to face right so some some ways to do collaboration and meetings um, that get you some of the same feelings as if you were in the room so virtual reality can do a lot of that but there's also that that tangible sort of like throwing ideas around putting things up on the whiteboards right those are things I think we're going to see some uptick in as well. We had I had a lot of conversation about that um, with a couple of people um, this week who were talking about how they're trying to create more interesting meeting environments uh, on a virtual level. And so, yeah, where we're going to see uptick in all those things, right? Yep, yep. Uh, I just saw something the other day about how mysterious it is that there isn't a really good um, remote whiteboard experience available yet. But there's yeah. a total hole there um, in is, some yeah. sort of shared whiteboarding tool. Um, we'll get one. This is going to make it necessary. Um, so, so tell me what you learned at that connections. I'm sure a lot well, of the talk was about the merger. Yeah, there, there was no doubt, but I think Stacey? there was an air of. Oh, you still there, John? I can. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Stacy. Um, can you hear me, John? I can. Can you hear me? Um, okay. I can now. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe we got a drop on the internet. It happens. This is one of the challenges with the virtual world, right? <laughs> um, yeah. so yeah, I was, I was, as I think I was saying, I don't know if the, if it was picked up on the show, so we'll start over again is that, um, there was definitely, I think, an error in the uh, at the event of sort of what's next, and 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 the big issue is, is that they probably don't have all the answers. So um, because it, the announcement just happened, and um, the two teams are just and they're still actually in a bit of a quiet period until it actually is 
Um, they they can't like share everything yet until the deal is finalized, which is still I think about a month away. Um, and so so it's a little bit of a of a you know I think a struggle because Ultimate you know has invested heavily in a lot of new products that were coming out this week, and so I think they were trying to just sort of say look let you know let's take business as usual, knowing that you know. Um, no matter what happens, we're going to take care of our customers. And that was, that was really the theme of the conversation this week, right? Um, there was over 3,000 attendees, right? And if anybody's ever been in an ultimate conference, it's, you know, th- we go to a lot of these conferences. And there's some that are, you know, more sort of, you know, exciting than others and some that have sort of like, you know, big feelings of being at sort of like a, a, a conference where you where you get to meet all the right people, and there's some that feel like you've just gone to sort of a family event. The ultimate conference always is, you know, it's it's this this very um, I think wonderful feeling of you have now sort of come to a group of people that you are just really tightly connected with. It's not so much family because you, you've got events that are like that. Like I like it's just we've all known each other for years. This is much more like a tribe feeling like, you know, you, you, every time you meet someone in the hallway, they're sort of of the same type of thing that you're doing and you, you have easy conversations and, and definitely I think that um, the way ultimate has done its sales over the years has been knowing who its customers are. And so its customers are all very much alike in both their culture and their brand approaches and their focus on HR as a critical component um, with every company from 300 employees all the way up to, you know, uh, the 20,000 employees that they had um, companies in the organization there. Um, but yeah, so there, the opening speaker this uh, week was uh, Bill Hicks, um, Adam, who was um, CEO, but is stepping down in place of Aaron Ain, um, who is going to be coming in from the merger from Kronos was not a, uh, able to attend this week. So Bill Hicks kind of kicked things off with his own, uh, the usual stance to get involved in the opening entertainment. So he did a nice little dance number. Um, we saw a lot of Jody Kaminsky, who was the um, uh, communications and uh, chief marketing officer, and Cecile Aparillero, who uh, many of you know is a good friend of most of ours, who's been working on the strategy and the product area for Ultimate for a long time, and Robin Simak, who's also heading up product. Um, so lots of opening conversations about um, how important the culture is, how important the um, customers are, and where they're heading. Um, Aaron did come in. He, he, he flew in for, for just a half a day. Then he had to fly out to uh, accept some awards from the four best places to work. Um, so he had to go accept that as well, um, in some cases, for uh, the ultimate uh, uh, organization. So both of them were heading out for that. But he made about 20 minutes to give a speech about um, how he felt. You know, first, he, I think Aaron did a really good thing here in that he kind of said, I'm just, you know, sort of one of you. I've been working at Kronos since 1979. He told some really great stories on a personal level about him and his family and about how he likes to sort of get to know people before they know that he's the CEO, how he worked in jobs at, you know, Kronos all the way from cleaning the bathrooms, you know, up to the CEO role. So I think that made the audience feel very comfortable with sort of who he was and, and how he felt about the businesses and the and the work that he does. Uh, he also spent a lot of time focusing on trust and transparency and that his goal was to make sure the cultures work together um, and that um, he continued to keep uh, what was really, really good about the ultimate environment. Um, 
and I, I thought probably one of the most, you know, insightful and um, uh, probably just very on the nose comment was he his big uh, thing to all the customers was please don't listen to all the people who are calling you and telling you about how this is not going to work. Um, and he said, including the pundits and, and influencers, uh, he said, they, they don't know um, us as well as we know us. And he said, trust us, we're going to take care of you. So those are kind of the big messages that came out of it. There was a lot of product that was released as well. So, Wow, did that hurt your feelings? Don't, don't yeah, no, me. because I think you <laughs> I mean I mean Aaron's got a point. I mean there's the one thing about Aaron, he's very blunt about things, right? And which it makes for a good uh I think, you know, leader. Um there have been a lot of speculations about whether or not this will work, right? Um and so I think he's he's basically telling the customers, just hang in with us, you're gonna see how well this is, right? That's what he's telling them. So 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 this is this is foundationally the the, the Merger of these two companies has the potential to be the best data foundation for an HR AI system that's out there because it's it's full spectrum, um, exactly, and 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 full of data. Um, so so it better be successful. I mean, this is this is a this is a huge wonderful opportunity. It, it really is, and and I think that's that's exactly what Aaron is saying is that um, it's a huge opportunity, but it also means that if it doesn't succeed, it only didn't succeed because, and it's on Aaron's shoulders because he wasn't able to make it succeed. And and I think he's basically saying, look, I've got a, I've got a big stake in making this work because I know how you know how much we have here that you know other organizations just don't have at this point, right? Um, you know, it was it was really telling. They they um, rolled out this concept called life work journey. Um, Cecile was very involved in that, and the life work journey concept really is taking the idea. It's very much like the employee life cycle, but much more with the idea that that includes all the things that go on in your life that oftentimes um, we forget about. Things like we want to build in family time, and we want to bring build in things that are going to be a legacy for us in our own development, and things like that, and in each and every area where they kind of walked up, talked about the products that fit into this life work journey, you could see very clearly how the, the combination of the strong talent and HR focus that ultimate has and the combination of the strong workforce management and operations focus that Kronos has will make that story that they're telling and the kind of development work that they're doing even more impactful, right? Um, because you can't talk about a life work journey and all the things that go into it if you can't get down to the level of the actual work that's being done, which is what you get out of the workforce management system and the time tracking tools and the leave and absence request, which have to do with all of the things that you're, you're dealing with personally. Um, and that was made evident. You know, I, I, we, I asked a question of Aaron when we were in the analyst room about how he's going to bring together um, his sales conversation because, the Kronos um, sales teams works heavily with the operations, finance, and oftentimes sort of supply chain and, you know, lead in the organization. Those roles that aren't particularly all the time focused on just HR. Sometimes HR is in that conversation, but it's not a primary in many cases, right? And 
the Kronos or the ultimate team is very focused on the head of HR. That is their audience um, from beginning to end for the most part. And so what Aaron has is not just the right products. He's also got the ability to speak to almost the entire C-suite, right, in the organization in a way that I don't think any of the other vendors possibly have, except for maybe the really biggest ERPs, but even they oftentimes get stuck just talking to finance or just talking to the CEO and not being able to get down to the HR level. This is going to be something I think that, that is a real win for them if Aaron can figure it out on the sales side. Well, and, and what's really fascinating about this is that the merger of these two companies is, is actually quite symbolic of the change that we're going through. It gets called the future of work, but, but there's this change that we're going through in the relationship between the company and its employees um, that, that makes a larger allowance for employee freedom of movement uh, because that's actually really good for productivity, right? When you yeah. when you can be everything that you are on the job, then you get this explosion of energy that comes comes from not having to pretend to be something else or not having to figure out how to game the system to get it done. But it requires merging the external person with the internal person, and that's exactly the same thing as the Kronos ultimate software alliance it's the sort of the mm-hmm. merging of the soft and the hard and uh, um, god if they get this right it's going to be amazing it will be yeah and and I, and I think there's only a couple of areas where i mean they could trip up right one is that i think the diversity that ultimate has brought to their organization and to their culture is really powerful um, Kronos hasn't quite made that much progress in, that, in, in the diversity, both of the, 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 the team they have and of the organization, but they're, they're making strides. They're trying to, right? So I think as long as they realize that that diversity, the focus on the end users, that customer involvement, a little bit more white glove, which is a lot of what, you know, Ultimate brings, as well as you bring all of that really great operational focus that, you know, Kronos has. You know, those are the things that I think that the, the, the two cultures are going to have to make sure stay very true to part of what this bigger company looks like, right? Um, you know, one of the great things that I participated in for the ultimate event was a women in leadership um, webinar session that we did. Um, it was a recording. And, you know, a lot of times we go to these analyst events and we see a lot of the same people who've been there time and time again. And um, ultimate had brought in two influencers who were part of the analyst group and also participated in this women in leadership session. Um, one was Minda Hart, who wrote um, the memo, What Women of Color Need to Know to Secure a Seat at the Table. And the other one was Elena Valentine, who is the founder of Skill Scout, which is a hiring videos organization, particularly focused on bringing um, people of diversity as part of her organization and making sure that the people who are creating the message, the people behind the camera are just as diverse as the people who are in front of the camera, right? Um, and we had a fascinating conversation that was about as raw as you could get about the challenges of being both a woman as well as being an underrepresented minority in any situation and what that was like in the work environment. And I want to say that it's a conversation I haven't seen done quite as well in any other, you know, sort of 
HR technology environment. You hear a lot of it in HR events, events like WorkHuman, those kind of things. But an HR technology focus on it was really, those are the kind of things I think Ultimate does very well and that Kronos could gain so much from if they're able to sort of pull that as part of the, the bigger culture conversation. So, so much to talk about. I do want to tell you about uh, I am Phenom 20, the, the yeah. Phenom people thing. I think I just witnessed the birth of a new institution on the landscape. Um, Phenom People has about 300 customers. Um, they're building. It's really interesting what they're doing. They're building on top of the labor supply that's in the Philadelphia environs, and that's home to a whole bunch of things that you might not think about at first, in particular connection. Um, mm -hmm. um, and, and there's this pocket of HR tech expertise in the Philadelphia area that they're starting to pull in, and they've built this incredible team. But they are a, an AI first. Um, it started off as an AI first sort of employment website tool, but they are expanding, and they have, they have ghosted their um, ambition to become the experience layer that crosses all of the HR silos. And, and if you look at what they're doing, right, so, so I, just, I just sat through a, a very long presentation on their talent graph, and they are able to mine extraordinary insight out of every single click of interaction and keystroke in the hiring, onboarding, and early days of the first job experience um, that, wow. that creates, creates nuances and layers of data and understanding that, that I've never seen anywhere before. Um, and so about a thousand people here. Um, and I, I, you know, this was a very, very technical conversation, really. But but I was riveted. People stayed in their chairs, sort of with their jaws dropping as they talked about the relationship between an individual company's talent graph and this monstrous global talent graph that they're building so that you can situate your data inside of a bigger picture and benchmark from a million aspects simultaneously while being able to be cognizant of variations in the local labor supply and demand process and amazing stuff just amazing that's stuff the, um, that's powerful the, the, the idea of being able to see the external market with your internal market i don't think anybody's cracked that nut and if they're getting well, to that point that that's a much bigger picture than we've seen i think with any other organization or on the talent acquisition side well and it's and it's and and so that's that's a piece but what's really interesting is is they could look at the click flow of somebody who is right they, they separate uh, inbound job data flows by personas mm -hmm. and they they can see behavioral differences between professional people and hourly people and so as they start to understand who's there, the behavior of the website changes based on first 
the the persona that you fit, and then as you start to unfold the job, the total behavior of the website changes. It's awesome. And when you look at the behavioral stats out the back end, you can see the relationship between people of certain certain experience categories and this particular job and how long they last in the apply process till they figure out that it isn't the right job. Um, wow. Really interesting. It's, 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 it's light years ahead of anything that I've seen. So it's hyper-personalization, but also hyper-tailoring. Um, I mean, and that's probably not the right even word, but, but hyper sort of um, making sure sort of it, it, it doesn't just personalize it, it's it's giving it a point at which you know you no longer fit for this, which means you take yourself out of the process, which is much better than having someone else take you out of the process, right? And wasting both what, what, uh, groups' time. Yes, yes. And then and then the ability to see that and dissect that as a manager trying to fit, you know, when you have a bunch of people coming to your website to apply for jobs. You really want to understand what's going on with them because if you could encourage the people who don't really belong there to do something else and do it gently, it's good for your reputation as a brand. But you need to be able to see what they do when they're on the website and understand that very clearly. And so this is just is super set up to make that visible as a dashboard. And so you can uh, you can modify the nudges in the system to get the behavior that you want out of the aggregate population that you're dealing with. It's cool. And was there much conversation with all of that about biases and sort of in how an organization actually has its own biases built into it? Did they talk about how they were going to get some of that out of the process? So, so I, I think I think that's a really powerful question, and their answer tends to be. The idea that you can get bias out of the system instantaneously is nonsense, and that what you want to do is actually understand the behavior of bias, so focus on it and and let that bubble to the surface, and then over time, as it becomes a problem that you can identify in click streams, then, then you can really channel it in the right directions without being heavy handed. Right. And so, and so you can solve the, the part of the bias problem that happens in human computer interaction. Um, and the part of the bias problem that happens because AI is, is making some categorical errors, that stuff you, you manage over time, um, by watching what happens and watching what your incremental improvements do to the overall process. And so, so they, they have a sort of a five-year clock on um, how long it takes to really coherently and effectively address the problem. That, oh, that, in five I, years seems like a long time, but I, but I think we've talked quite a bit about the fact that, that – uh, the bias, but ethics in itself, right, is a process, right? All of these things are processes, and you have to build some timeline in for them. It's nothing that's going to be fixed overnight, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so imagine, imagine that you are a 10,000-person organization, and you are growing at 10% a year, and, and you have an attrition rate of 20%. That means you hire 3,000 people a year. 
And 3,000 people a year isn't enough to really have the data to do interesting things with. But by the fifth year, with compounding of that 10%, you're pretty close to 20,000 hires. And yeah. in a data set of 20,000 hires, then you can address the internal um, uh, issues way more cohesively. Well, you can make progress. It, I, I'm not saying you can't make progress, but if you want a big bang solution to the problem, you have to have the data. You have to have the yeah. data. Um, and so, so these guys are these guys are slow and patient. It turns out that they're they're nine years old um, and um, have been heading in this direction for a long time. But now they're at 300 clients. They are migrating their focus to the enterprise segment and they expect to onboard another 300 clients this year. Um, and so, right, because they're, they're a big supplier to Workday. They have 100 Workday clients. Um, so, so they're riding that wave too. It's, it's, it's a very interesting thing. And it includes everything from so let's see, there's a, there's a um, sourcing function, there's the website function, there's a jobs ontology function, there's a uh, communications with candidates and pipelines function, there's interview scheduling and management, um, there's um, chatbots that can be customized to specific jobs, which is pretty interesting. Um, so this all sits on top of a of a graph architecture, and the fundamental design is to generate data so that the AI makes the whole thing smarter. Well, and, and artificial intelligence was definitely a, a major theme even in the ultimate event, but I think, you know, what we're seeing these organizations start to realize is that AI it can't be just um, just an overlay. It has to actually be more of an underpinning you know, the way that, that Ultimate was talking about it was they want to do very um, mindful artificial intelligence, focusing on accessibility for people, focusing on culturally inspired UXs. I think what you're saying is the same thing that we're hearing from them, which is that artificial intelligence has to help you do the job better, not just do it in the same way you've done faster, right? Right. Exactly. That's, that's and, and so, so as as this company talks about the current product, you can see this. You can just see the skills differences required um, for recruiters coming to learn the platform. For instance, yeah. um, they have to they have to be way more data savvy um, um, and think way more about aggregate behavior in their pipelines and. Typically, recruiters have been good at one-on-one -on -one processing. Yeah. We've said for a while that, that they, these markets are going to change the requirements of the HR professionals at every level, um, and, yep. and recruiters are an exception to that, right? Yeah. So, so big week. We didn't get to everything. Um, sounds <laughs> no. like you had a good time. Sounds like a UN. Well, let's see. When was the last time we actually did get to everything? I, it's been a while. I was just having, someone was telling me, they listen, they're like, you, you read all the stuff, which is good because I get to hear it. And they go, and then you guys get to two of the many topics. I said, I know it's really hard. I said, but I said, we, we, we have so much to talk about, but I think it's a good, 
um, the deeper conversations hopefully are giving people some more insight into what's happening in, in these things. So um, I haven't heard I think, any complaints I think, I think we should change the title of the thing, HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer to Talking About Everything We Promised To. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again. I hope you travel well. We're out of the snowy season. I'm hoping that you won't have a lot of interruption traveling back to North Carolina. And I will be on a plane tomorrow morning at some ridiculous hour of the morning. I get to see a Philadelphia <laughs> sunrise. Um, yeah. And so thanks, everybody, for listening. And thanks for doing this, Stacey. It's always wonderful. Definitely. Always a good time. And, and uh, uh, looking forward to next week. I think we'll actually be in our own home uh, situation. So And hopefully no snow and no cold at that point. So <laughs> talk to you next week, Dan. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, you've been listening to HR Tech Weekly, one step closer to talking to everything we promised to talk about with Stacey Harris and John Sumser. See you here next week. Bye-bye. Bye.